at chapter 40, verses 27 through 31. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he, incre he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> How are you guys? How are you all doing today? It's a very simple question, a question that we perhaps hear every day of our lives, right? You know, two weeks ago at Brandon's school, my younger son's school, uh, there was a COVID scare. A child got sick and that child came to school and during the morning session, apparently the teacher saw that this child was not looking too good and they called the parent, the, they took the child home and the parents informed the child, the school, that uh, the child tested positive for, for COVID. And so they had to shut down the school, right, uh, for about 10 days. Thankfully, though, this child also went and got a PCR test, and it came back negative. So it was a false positive, but still, because it's under the NYC DOE, they had to follow the protocol, and it was shut down for 10 weeks. And what that means is I need to do remote learning at home with my child. Uh, and it's not that fun. It's not that fun for me. And <coughs> because he's only in UPK, because he's only uh, four years old, um, you know, the morning session is, is very simple. They ask very simple questions, right? It's like a repetitive. They sing like a welcome song, right? And then they go over what season it is, what month it is, what day it is, what year it is. And then the teacher asks everybody, how are you feeling today? How are you feeling today? And all the kids have the same answer. And maybe it's peer pressure or whatnot, but they all answer the same thing, which is happy. Right? How are you feeling today? Happy. And it's Brenda saying, Brenda, how are you feeling today? I have to unmute the button. Happy. Right? The teacher has on screen like a, a picture of faces, right? a smiling face, like a sad face, a crying face. And so all the kids pick happy. That's the one that poses no extra follow-up questions, right? You can't say sad. The teacher's going to ask, why are you sad, right? And for us then as well, when we ask each other, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? We might say something along the lines of, I'm happy. I'm good. Everything is okay. Because we also fear the follow-up questions. We say, oh, I'm not doing too well. I had a bad week. What comes? Oh, what, what happened? And we don't want to share sometimes. We want to just keep it inside. We want to keep those struggles to ourselves. If I were to ask you today, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Would you be able to genuinely say, I'm happy? I'm good. Are you good? Are you at peace? We've been in a crazy period 
the past close to two years of our lives, right? At least a year and a half. It's just been a crazy whirlwind of changes in the world, a crazy whirlwind of feelings and emotions in our, in our, in our lives. Adults, youth, kids, whoever, whatever age you're in, we are drained mentally, physically, and spiritually, and we need restoration and renewal in all of these areas of our lives. And because of that, sometimes what we do is nowadays we take a, a mental health day, right, to de-stress, right? I'm just going to like tune everything out. I'm just going to de-stress. It's a mental day, a mental relief day. Or if we're physically not all there, we go to the gym and we work our, our bodies to get stronger, to get more fit. But what about our spirits? What about our spirits though? Are you in tune with the workings of the spirit within you? Are you working out your spirit? Are you growing it? Are you maintaining it? You know, when we are mentally drained, we want to lie down, right? And when we are physically drained, we want to lie down. And when we are spiritually drained, we definitely want to lie down. But here's the thing. A lot of times, even if we are mentally drained, we urge ourselves to keep pushing forward, right? We push ourselves forward. I got to get paid. I got to pay the rent. I'm a dad. I, I can't be like this. I'm a mom. I got to keep on doing what I got to do. I got to the kids. I got to take them to their extracurricular activities. Even though I'm mentally drained, I have to prepare for all this and do all these things because I am a dad. I am a mom. I'm a person. I have responsibilities. I have things to do. All right? When we're physically drained, we also urge ourselves to push forward, to keep on pushing ourselves. The hardest part about working out is getting out the front door. I just got to get out, get to the gym, and I'm going to pump some iron. I'll get stronger and stronger. Got to go shed the pounds. Got to look good. Got to feel good. And we push ourselves. But even the best of us, even the best Christians, when we are spiritually drained, we say, I'm going to lie down. I'm going to stay lying down. I like it here. Spiritually, my bed is nice. It's like we allow a mental day to relieve our mental stress, and we take a day off from the gym to kind of physically recuperate ourselves. And even if we're dieting, we allow a cheat day to get some sweets or other fats that's not good for us. But with our spirit, we allow the rest time to become indefinite. We just say, Allah, served so long, I'm just going to take it easy for the next month. That becomes two months, three months, four months, half a year, years and years and years. When we, this happens, we don't realize that we lose touch with the spirit. We don't realize that it affects all other areas of our lives. Spiritual health is important, if not more important, than your physical health and your mental health. So I ask you again, how are you doing? How are you doing? And if you're not well, then you've come to the right place. 
to give a little background to our passage for today, this passage in Isaiah takes place during the time that Israel was in exile to Babylon. The Israelites were sent into exile to Babylon for punishment for their sins of disobedience and idolatry against God. And you find that story uh, taking place like in, in the beginnings of the book of Daniel. Right? The Israelites, by the time that Isaiah 40 comes around, where it was written, has already spent a few decades in exile. They were refugees, people without a country of their own. So think about the feelings that they must have had being in this foreign country, being taken over by a, a, a power that was an enemy of theirs who, who had uh, pagan gods. Right? How would they be feeling after years of being away from home and being ruled by a foreign king? They would probably be miserable. They would have hated their circumstance and the position they were in. It's very understandable. They might have felt that the punishment was too harsh. They might have felt that God had abandoned them. They might have felt and been spiritually malnourished. Think about what you know about the Old Testament and what you know about how people spoke to God or worshiped God in the Old Testament. It's not like us today, right? They spoke through priests. They had priests intercede for them. They worshiped at designated high places or the temple, right? So now that was all taken away. This temple that Solomon built was also completely destroyed. And because of this, many of them could have been falling deeper and deeper into this spiritual despair. The people could have felt that their God no longer loved them, was no longer with them, was no longer caring about them. But as we saw and read in our passage, nothing could be further from the truth. Let's go back to verse 27, where it says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? From the first verse that we read today, the people have expressed to God that they feel that he has abandoned them. But let's look at the second part first then, right? The people are saying, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God. They feel as though God abandoned them and that God doesn't look upon them anymore. My way is hidden from the Lord. I am abandoned by God. And you too, in life, may feel this way at times. For any, any of us that have gone through struggles in this life, whatever they may be, health struggles, finances, relationships, whatever, whatever trial we go through, if they last long periods of time or continue to last longer than we expect it to last or hope that it will last, we feel that God is not watching over us anymore. Right? Are you there, God? We ask. My right is disregarded by God. means God is not just towards me anymore. I'm not getting the justice that I expect God to give me. He's not being fair towards me. And we felt that too. God, I'm serving you in this way. I'm doing this for you. I'm living this life for you. You're not fair. Why is my life like this? Why am I being drained and being pulled left and right? My right is disregarded by God. It means God is not just towards me. When you have felt deflated or spiritually exhausted, spiritually weak, when you were in a rut in life, have you felt this way before? Have you said the same words that the Israelites are saying 
and have been complaining to God about before? Have you felt or thought that God has abandoned you and that he was not being fair to you? And I dare say, we all have had a time in our life when we felt that way, when we experienced that kind of feeling. We all feel we deserve more. We deserve better. better. We are worthy of better in life. So the Israelites in exile are obviously not doing well. They're not feeling their predicament. But what was the lines that came before this second portion in verse 27? The first few lines in verse 27 was, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? We have two names here, Jacob and Israel. And when it's written this way in the Bible, it's referring to in referring to Jacob and Israel in this way, it points to the covenantal promises of God. That's what it's pointing to. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 to 22, Jacob has a dream. And in his dream, he sees angels ascending and descending from heaven. And then the Lord speaks to him. God speaks to him. And he says, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and Isaac, and I will give descendants, give you descendants numerous as the dust of the earth, and they will be blessed. And in Genesis chapter 28, verse 15, God says to Jacob, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So in the book of Isaiah, when it says Jacob and Israel, the Israelites should remember this promise that came to Jacob in the dream. I am with you wherever you go. I am with you wherever you go. You are in exile, but I am with you. You are in exile, but I will bring you back to your land. Thus, too, then when we read the scriptures, we are, are given constant reminders from God that God is with us, even if we don't feel it, even if it feels as we ourselves are exiled by God. It's God is promising and saying, I am still with you. That was to the name of Jacob. What about then for Israel? Jacob wrestled with God and triumphed over God. And God gave him the name Israel. In Genesis chapter 35, verses 9 to 12, it says, God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padan Aram and blessed him. And God said to him, your name is Jacob no longer. Shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from your own body. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to you, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. Once again, what is God saying by saying Jacob and Israel? God is emphasizing here that Jacob is also an heir to the divine promise first given to Abraham and then to Isaac. So then in verse 27 of Isaiah, the people of Israel are being reminded about the covenantal promises made by God to the nation of Israel. You may think you are abandoned or facing injustice, but I have not forgotten you, is what God is saying. Though you may feel spiritually weak and abandoned by God, this is the same message God is giving you today. I have not abandoned you. I am with you, and I will keep the promises that I've made to you, though you may be hurting, though you are spiritually hurting and weak, God is saying, I am with you. I am with you. To further drive this point home, verse 28 says, 
Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Author saying, do you really not know God? Have you not heard the stories of God and his goodness to his people? Brothers and sisters, think back to the many trials and turmoils from your past. Think about all the struggles you faced that has brought you down spiritually, that has weighed you down and pushed you down to the ground. I'm sure there are many. But don't you know, God, don't you know and remember how God picked you back up, how he restored you and renewed you at those times as well over and over again? Or have you not heard the stories or forgotten the stories from the Old Testament, the New Testament, from your friends and other testimonies of others regarding the goodness of God, that God is there to restore and to renew you. How can we be sure of this power of God? What is our God like? Well, it says he is the everlasting God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. God is Alpha, Omega, beginning and end, from eternity to eternity. God is forever the one true God. He is everlasting. Look at his power, how he's able to create the world just by speaking words. When was the last time you looked at the majesty of God's creation and truly felt and how powerful God is and turned glory back to him? This past summer, I went on a vacation with my family to Los Angeles and, and then to Cancun. And while in California, uh, our family went to the Sequoia National Park. We asked Ryan, what do you want to see? when we go to California. He didn't say Disneyland. He didn't say any cool parts of he, California. He said, I want to see big trees. I was like, okay. So we drove and we saw Sequoia National Park to see these giant trees. And the world's biggest tree by volume is at Sequoia National Park. It's sprawling. It's amazing. And you feel so small standing next to these trees. My wife and my kids, they stood next to each other. They held their arms out and they still could not go the circumference of this tree. This is how big these trees are. And sometimes these trees fall down and it gets uprooted and you see all these roots and you just marvel at how big it is, how creation, God's creation, right? After that, we went to uh, Yosemite and there's a section of Yosemite where you drive through a mountain tunnel and when you come out, the sun hits and you just see the mountains of Yosemite and it's just, it's just awe-inspiring. Even my kids were like, Wow, because they never saw anything like that here growing up here in New York, these monumental um, mountains. And then when we got to Cancun, we were at our hotel and we took a boat ride to go over to a different island for the day. And there were some craziest colors of blue that I'd ever seen in the waves and the oceans that day. And all these things led me to once again praise God for his beauty, for his majesty, for his creation. Verse 28 tells us that God is everlasting. He is creator. And then it says he does not faint or grow weary. God doesn't get tired. God doesn't suffer setbacks. But rather, what does God do? What does God offer? Verse 29, he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. God himself does not faint or grow weary, but offers help to those who do. So then when we are feeling spiritually weak, 
when we're feeling spiritual setbacks, we need to realize that God is there, ready to fill our cups, ready to restore and renew us over and over again. God doesn't abandon us. God doesn't abandon his kids, his children, and lets us fend for ourselves. No, God keeps his promises. God is everlasting and has the power and willing to pour out his power upon you to increase your strength, for you to be able to bear all the things you bear in this world. Verse 30 says, Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. You know, those who are closer in age to myself, you know that we can no longer stay up as late as we used to five, ten years ago. It's just physically impossible to stay up past 11 now, right? Everything just makes us tired. Even sitting down and talking for two hours, like, all right, it's time to go home. I, I talk too much. I'm tired now. Right? I, I'm halfway done with my time. I'm tired. I got to go home and, and lay down. Right? For our younger friends, our youth kids, and our, our children in here, you'll be like, what are you talking about? I could stay up all night. Right? I could play games and stay up all night if I had to. I remember those days. And for those who are in your 20s and 30s, you might be somewhere in between. Right? I could stay up, but maybe not too long. We who are on the older side know the strength we used to have when we were younger. And sometimes we wish, ah, if I, if I could have that strength back. But it says here that those who are young and should have that strength will ultimately, inevitably fall and lose it as well. It is only the promise of God that can sustain us and push us and help us to persevere. Even the strongest of us whether it's physically, mentally, dare I say even spiritually, we'll have times when we just fall because we're weak. Verse 31 tells us, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait for the Lord, those who wait for God's salvation, God's strength, their own strength, their own power, their own spirit will be renewed. They will soar on wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow tired. Why is it soar on wings like eagles? Why is it soar on wings like eagles? Well, you may notice, but for those you don't know, eagles don't fly, right? They soar. They soar. They kind of glide. It's a style of flying, uh, it's a style of flying where they just hold their wings out and rarely flap, they conserve their own energy and wait for the air currents to lift them back up. All right, so they just keep on going like this, and then, oh, I feel like I maybe flap once, and they go back up. But they just ride the air, right? God doesn't say, you flap your wings like a hummingbird, right? Because what is a hummingbird? It looks tiring to me to be a hummingbird. God is saying, you, all you have to do is be an eagle, and I'll be the air that pushes you back up. You don't have to worry about continually flapping all the time. Just flap every once, of a, once in a while, but you trust in me, the air current, and I'll push you up. The operative word here, though, is wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Trust in the promises made and wait for God. I mentioned, as I explained from verse 27, 
What was the promise made to the people of Israel through Jacob and also through Abraham and Isaac? You are my people. Your descendants will be numerous like the stars in the sky, like the sand on the beach. And I will give you this land, this promised land, it will be yours forever. That was the promise to Israel that they were going to be placing their hope in, in, in Isaiah. For the Israelites in exile, all they had to do was trust that God will keep and fulfill this promise, that God will bring them back home. For us as well then, we need to trust that God will keep his promise to us, that those who believe in Jesus will be saved. And if we ever grow tired and weary, we just ask God to renew us and strengthen us and help us soar. And when we have received the strengthening of our spirits, we continue to live this life and persevere and push forward. But what makes it hard? What makes it hard to persevere in this life? Why do we more often than not lose spirit and faint and grow tired and feel God has abandoned us? It's not just to us anymore. You know, we look at the Israelites during this time of this passage, and we could think something like this. We could think they knew how long exile would be. Right? They knew how long the hardship would be. In Jeremiah 25, it tells us that the exile was going to be 70 years. 70 years in exile. Jeremiah 25, 11 says, The whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. 70 years. That's a long time. That's a, but that's how long exile is. It's definitely a long time. It's a lifetime. People were born into exile. People died in exile. But the people of Israel could count down the days of when seemingly exile would end. Think of any movie you've watched where the main character or character is in prison. What do they do? They make markings on the wall to count how many days there have been, to presumably count how many days left they have in jail before they get their freedom. So for the Israelites in exile, they could count down, oh, year one passed, year two passed, year three passed, and hopefully make it to year 70. Right? What makes it hard for us, though, is we don't have an end. Or rather, we don't know when that end will be. Sure, for some hardships in life, we can see an end, right? For our younger folks here, our youth group kids, if you have a final test or an SAT prep you got to do or you got to prepare for college apps, we know roughly when all those things are due, when it's going to be over, right? We have a rough timetable of when that's going to end. For all all of our people who work, if you have a project or a deadline at work, you know when things are due, so you just have to push through this work cycle for about a month or two or whatever it is, and you know, oh, there's going to be an end. My project is done, I'll get some rest after that. But other things in life, there really is not much of a timetable, right? If you're out of work and looking for a job, there's no guarantee you'll find the job to your liking in the next week or the next month. It might take months and months and months. If you are having strained relationships with parents or siblings or spouse or children, there's no timer that counts down that tells you, oh, just wait it out for like two years and it's going to be better. You and your mom will be the best of friends once again. No, there is no timer for that. If you're dealing with health issues or have family members dealing with health issues, there isn't a clock that tells us that when they will be cured or when they will get better. And because of this, even if at first it may be easy to persevere, when the days and the weeks and the months and the years pile on, we grow weary and we faint. We lose spirit 
and we hurt, and we say, God, have you abandoned me? God, are you being unjust towards me? And we do this because we forget like the Israelites, Israelites did in forgetting the promises of God. Our promise is similar to theirs. It's not a home in the land of Canaan, the promised land here on earth, but rather a promise of a heavenly home, the ultimate promised land with the Father in heaven. We think that because all we see in this life is this life, that we think that when this life ends and I have to deal with certain pains and stresses and sufferings until the end of this life here on earth, that there was no salvation in our earthly trials. But that's false thinking. Because as Christians, we know and we believe that this life is not the final stage. That life continues with God in heaven where there's no more pain, no more tears, and no more shame. The promise to us is that whoever believes in Jesus Christ will be healed and saved and brought to the Heavenly Father. But the only way to receive this if you, is if you persevere. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, if you're feeling faint and if you're feeling tired and your spirit seems to be dying and in need of renewal, ask God for the renewal that you desperately desire. I may have shared this before, but from COVID, from the start of COVID, one of the prayer requests that I received the most or hear quite often from various people is they want to get closer to God. They want to do their QTs. They want to pray. They want to have a right spirit with God to be spiritually growing and getting closer to God. Right? They say, Pastor, can you pray for me? Can you pray for my spirit? Can you pray that God will lift me back up again? And of course, being the good pastor that I am, I say, yes, I will pray for you. And of course, I do, and I follow through with that prayer request you know what? I'm going to take this time to stand before you and say this to everyone. You ask him. You go to God yourself and ask God for that help and the spiritual renewal. You ask God to heal and mend your spirit. You don't need me to middleman it for you. You could go directly to God, right? Having two sons, an older son and a younger son, uh, sometimes we have days like this. Ryan, my older son, will tell Brandon, hey, Go ask dad for some water. And Brandon will go, can I have some water? Yeah, get some water. And then they continue to play and then right here, hey, go ask, go ask dad for a snack. And Brandon comes, can I have a snack? You know, I have, my house is small enough where I could hear Ryan telling Brandon to come and tell me to give him what he wants, right? And then Ryan will go, hey, go tell dad. And I'll say, you just come and tell me yourself. You just come and tell me yourself. What is it that you want? What is it that you need? I'll give it to you. And God is saying the same thing to you. You come and ask me. You're spiritually drained. Yeah, the pastors are there to pray for you and help you. But you come and ask me to renew your cup. You need some kind of healing? Yeah, you have your church friends and your church community to help and pray for you. But you come and ask me. I am here for you as fellow brothers and sisters of the faith who know what spiritual weakness feels like. If someone approaches us for prayer to help lift up their spirits, of course we should pray for them. But also you need to be able to, to go to God yourself. Now I've been reading the Psalms recently quite often because I've also been suffering from and struggling with weariness. And the Psalms always pick me up. And because... For the most part, when I read the Psalms, there's always King David crying out to God about something. 
being sad about something, lamenting about something. But he doesn't end the psalm like that. He always ends with a praise of God. There's always a but. God, this sucks, but I still love you because I know you love me. That's how all the psalms go. And one of the recent psalms I read was Psalm 51. And Psalm 51, there's a note at the beginning of this psalm that tells us David wrote this psalm after the prophet Nathan came and rebuked him about what he did of murdering Uriah and taking his wife um, Bathsheba. And in Psalm 51, verses 10 to 12, it says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. David is saying, God, I acknowledge my sin. Cleanse my heart. Forgive me. Renew me. Make my spirit right and whole so I live the correct life and that follows after your will. Do not throw me away from your presence. Do not withhold your spirit from me for I need it. And when this happens, restore to me the joy of knowing you will save me. Bring me back the joy that I need in this life and uphold me with a right spirit. And I hope that this can be your prayer too today. All of us who are spiritually struggling, I hope that this can be your prayer and that your spirits can be renewed. It's hard. This life is hard, I know. We fail, we fall, we face temptations, we sin, we faint, we grow weary. Our spirit hurts and it aches and we grow tired and weak. But God promises us that those who ask him will be restored, that those who come to him will be renewed, that he will give us our strength that we need to live this life. Our God promises us more than that. He promises that he will be with us, that he will save us. Trust in this God. And when you face difficulties and hardships that are too hard to bear, when your spirit seems so weak, go to God and be renewed. There's nothing you can do that God will say, I'm going to take my spirit away from you. There's nothing you can do that going to make God turn away from you and make you catch you out from his presence. Go to God, my brothers and sisters, who are weary. Be restored and find joy. Persevere. Put your hope in the Lord. Soar on wings like eagles. Have your spirits renewed. For our good God promises renewal of strength renewal of spirit for those who need it and who comes and asks for it. Be renewed. Be renewed. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for being a God who renews us. Even when we think you're not there, even when we think you have abandoned us, you are there. Lord, we are sinners. We are broken people who need you. Lord, and we desperately call out saying we need you right now. Whatever struggle that my brothers and sisters are facing, Lord, you know it. Help us not be prideful and not go to you or shameful and not go to you. Help us to know that you are a God who loves us just as we are and that you will renew us when we need it. Oh, Lord, we are struggling. We are weak. We are tired. Mentally, physically, spiritually, we lack the joy that we want. 
and need. Lord, help us to trust in you. Help us to trust that you are a God who doesn't change, who keeps promises, the promise to be with us, to love us forever and ever, to call us into your arms when you, your time comes. And before that, that you will renew us and give us the strength we need to live this life and persevere. Help us to trust in you, our good, good Father, our everlasting Father, creators of the earth. We thank you in your name we pray. Amen. Ah. <sighs>